welcome to the Biohacker's Guide for Women Only. You are listening to The Art of Becoming Wonder Woman. I am Jessica Fernandez-Cruz. And I am Yen B. Trung. Life extension, longevity, biotech, digital health technology, and prevention are all the fields of health that we've been working in for over 15 years. We've worked alongside world-renowned physicians, Nobel laureates, experts, and top biohackers. We were at the forefront of a lot of the science that is being used today for biohacking. Our mission is to bring to you all this knowledge and information and create a biohacking community for women. Join us today on our journey into biohacking our bodies. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. How are you doing, Yevi? I'm great. How are you, Jessica? I'm feeling fantastic, and I'm excited about today's show. I'll just do a little summary because people are going to join us today, and maybe you still haven't listened to our previous show. Our last show was about how to start measuring in this biohacking world. How do we do this? So we created a challenge, a 15-day challenge, that was about discovering the four parameters that we're going to look into every single day and just write a little note next to it in the morning and in the evening of how you feel, or you can even put a number. So the four parameters were the cognitive, spiritual, physical, and emotional state. And I'm wondering, Yavi, how did you do? Good. I had some observation about myself, more on the uh, spiritual and emotional side, right? Uh, Cognitive and and physical aspects, I've always really focused on from a perspective of measurement, measuring and, and metrics, right? And so those were easy to put metrics to. But when I sat down in the morning or in the evening and said, okay, how do I rate my, my emotional metric? And how do I rate my spiritual metric? Those were more difficult because I didn't know how to put a number to it. I didn't know how to describe it. And I bet you, Jessica, you probably did a great job with that part of it. <laughs> And so there were things where I put NA, right? Because I didn't know how, you know, is this me just being, you know, content? Or is this just a normal day for me? I didn't know how to describe it, right? And so that was the awareness I had was that those two pieces, I don't know if I describe it as a lacking or if it's a, you know, non-connection, but I'm interested in seeing how you described it so that I can learn from that aspect. Yeah. Well, actually, it's interesting because, of course, you use metrics and you use numbers. As we spoke the last time you were teaching us how to do that, I have to be very honest. I like to use words. And I had like three words that I kept using for each parameter. So it was like you're either this, this or this. So, for example, cognitive, I could feel focused, foggy or sleepy. And that would be my way of knowing, you know, how how well can I focus now on what I need to do? Spiritually, I would really just explain, put the word that reflected my spiritual state. So if I felt openness, gratitude, love, peace, these were like the words that I used to describe really where I was spiritually. And emotionally, I also used words that would describe the emotion as well. Interestingly, I find that The days, for example, one of the days I have an emotional state where I, in the morning, I feel peaceful. When I go to sleep, I feel happy. And then another one, I'm just reading this a little bit randomly. I wake up with a low energy. So emotionally, I feel low. And then when I go to sleep, I'm neutral. So somehow throughout the day, 
what I notice is that it impulses my energy. So I'm feeling in a better state when I go to sleep than when I wake up. Is it after a dinner party or a nice conversation? <laughs> See, the thing is that here, okay, for the listeners don't know this, but I am in Spain and Yemvi is in the United States, but we are both going through that same pandemic that the whole world is going through. And here in Marbella, where I am right now, they have a whole lockdown a situation going on. So there aren't lots of parties or dinners going on here, pretty much doing a lot of Zoom calls. But it's true that this was something that I recorded. So as a conclusion, when I read all of the 15 days after finishing the 15-day log, this is what I came up with. When I eat less, when I go well to the bathroom, when I'm hydrated, and when I'm surrounded with people I love, I feel my best. And then I also wrote down, reduce stress so that you can create a sort of new feeling. That's how I wrote it down. But I do realize that when I, when I am aware of the stressful moments and I reduce them at that moment, I am able to create that new feeling um, spontaneously. With me, I am so connected to my measurements and my physicality, right? Measurement. Although I meditate and you know, I, I journal the, the emotional connection. I take the classes. I, I'm, you know, I do my manifestations and affirmations, all, all the things that that you <laughs> you do on the mindful side of of the hacking, I guess you want to say. <laughs> but I, I resonate so much to the metrics because I can look at a number. Like for example, I I had gained about five pounds from an experiment I did with bulletproof coffee, but I didn't do it exactly the way, you know, Dave Asprey and the bulletproof community does it, but I gained about five pounds from it. And I said, man, this sucks. <laughs> I should have done this. <laughs> and then, so, but it was again, you know, empowering for me to say, well, I know what I need to do now. Right. And so I was able to track that on our 15 day challenge, right. For, for me to say, okay, it's, it's starting to work. I can see it's starting to drop. Right. And then I'm back to where I was at optimal weight and optimal physicality. Right. But I also noticed, you know, I ate red meat for the first time in about a year and a half and I stopped red meat for, for, you know, various reasons, but I wanted to see what my body would feel like reintroducing red meat. And I forgot about meat sweats. I don't know if you're familiar with meat sweats. Mm, yes start metabolizing it. And at night I was like sweating in bed. Right. And so I forgot about that until I actually, and I think I wrote that in my, I have that actually, while you say this, I'm looking at it on my log and I say, let me see if I find it because I know I wrote it down. Oh yeah. Lack of sleep. I ate red meat. <laughs> and that day I woke up tired, angry. I mean, all the bad things that day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because my body was digesting it too, and I could feel it. And so it wasn't my normal diet. It was not my normal meal, how I eat, you know. And so I, I felt it the next day. I felt it throughout the night as well. And so I fasted the next day. There are occasions where I, you know, I, I tend to splurge on Fridays or Saturdays and I'll have pizza and those type of things because, you know, I'm a social eater. I, I like to eat when I'm with friends because it's fun. And that's what I do is, and then I, you know, you'll see in my, my journal or my recording that I'll fast, I'll do a, a 16 hour fast, right. Or I'll skip two meals and I'll just have one meal the next day. And so. I mean, you know, I incorporated what I already know. And then I realized a lot of other things that, you know, I've been biohacking for a while, but 
sitting down and actually recording your your emotional and spiritual recordings is, wasn't ever anything I did. It was always the physical side of it, right? It was great to see that, to have that awareness. I'm interested to learn from you all the other ones that you were able to to log easily with a number. And you said that was cognitive and physical, right? Those were the easier ones. How do you do that? How do I do cognitive? For me, it's clarity, focus. When I'm in front of the computer, you know, I have a, I have a process in the morning, a regimen in the morning of doing my push-ups, doing my rebounder, meditating. And when I sit in front of the computer, I'm hyper-focused for a good two hours of work. And I get so much done in that time period. And that's where, you know, there's no grogginess, there's no fogginess. And that's how I measure my cognitive is when I'm awake and I'm aware, ready to take on whatever the task or the project is that's at hand. And how do you measure the physical one? My weight, body fat measurement. So body fat measurement, how do you do that one? I have a handheld impedance. It's not the most accurate. It's off by about three, three percent plus or minus. But I know where I am compared to, for example, what I've done is I've taken the handheld impedance machine to measure my body fat. But I've also done used an instrument called the InBody, where you actually stand on it and you hold the device with your hands, and it's measuring through your hands and your feet, and it gives you a very accurate measurement of your your whole body, right? Whereas the handheld only measures the upper body. So it's not as accurate, but when I compared it, it was about 3% off. And so I just kind of know where that baseline is that I can just deduct about 3% or add 3% just by looking, by by taking it from there. So little by little, I'm just going to pause here. Little by little, we're going to start understanding that the biohacking journey requires a little bit of technology sometimes. And there's a lot of technology out there that we will be mentioning in each show that I'm sure you guys will find exciting to, to become familiar with. And this is a very useful tool and you can have it at home because, you know, the good ones or the maybe the more professional ones, you find them in doctor's offices or, or in uh, trainers with trainers and stuff. But there are things that we can use at home, such as this one. So I love that you you have one. Probably I need to get one too. <laughs> they have ones where you can step on or the handheld, you know, it's, it's very accessible these days. And then, so you use that, the body mass, and you also use weight. Those are the two measurements that you focus on when you look at physical. Weight for me is a constant. I, I think I weigh myself and it's a, a bit obsessive, but I weigh myself probably like six or seven times a day. And just, just for my own knowledge, I just like to see how I fluctuate with dehydration. Every time I use the restroom, I'll stand on and say, okay, how much did my pee weigh? <laughs> I'm, I'm just curious. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit crazy like that. Or, you know, sometimes I'll step on, on the scale and I'll know that maybe I'm losing muscle mass because I'm, I would say, well, I haven't, you know, been doing weights or I've been kind of lazy or whatever the case may be, but I'm losing weight right now. And so I know I'm not building muscle. So it's coming from somewhere. It's not, you know, I can't be losing fat because I don't feel a hundred percent like I normally would. And could be coming from bone because we're getting older protein. So those are, every time I step on a scale, there's something going on in my mind where I'm relating that number to something where it fluctuates back and forth. And, and that's just for my own observation. You know, it's not normal for everybody to do, but it's because I know so much about, you know, the science around it. You, you know how to ask yourself the questions when you see the numbers. 
Yeah, I think that that's probably one of the the greatest things to become familiar with is, okay, when I see a certain thing, what do I do with it, right? So if I see this number, how do I figure out where the shift may may happen or, or what I need to focus on? I think that that is the first lesson probably for me as well is understanding weight as something completely different to what we're familiar with in our general world, right? Weight is always just something that we associate with being fat or skinny, and that's maybe it. Now, for the first time, we're going to talk about weight, meaning many more things. And maybe you can give us an idea of what kind of things do you look at around weight? Well, I mean, we can look at weight from a, you know, genetic standpoint. We can look at weight from a cultural standpoint because we can look at a person that's really skinny but frail and think that that person's healthy, but they're not. And you can look at people in different areas of the world where they're very healthy. They cut down a tree with an axe as a female and they're, they're you know, hiking 10 miles a day, you know, and they're kind of, they're bigger, Right compared to some of the the standards of our culture as what, you know, beautiful is. And so we can't look at weight and compare ourselves to others. This is so important. We look at weight, comparing it to ourselves. This is the first thing that we need to incorporate forever, come moving forward. <laughs> exactly. Because I, I can't look at you and say, well, what do you weigh? And we're the same height. And your weight might be very optimal for you with your physiology and all the dynamic around you, stress level and everything. And for me, it's another number, right? And so when we standardize some of these numbers, it puts us in a standard field, but then we're not always the healthiest or we're not the happiest either. I mean, we're not functioning optimally either. And so it's a, it's a back and forth of us playing with, with these numbers and with ourselves to, to figure out where optimal is and where efficiency is for ourselves. Yes, I love that. And I think that, you know, starting to look at weight without fear, without anger, without all these negative connotations that we tend to give to weight and rather looking at weight as, as a teacher, as what can I learn from this weight? How can I transform? What is my ideal weight? And not just as you described, right? That weight that is written in the science. What is my ideal weight? Where am I at my optimal state? And for this probably to get started, and I say this because we, we don't have that much time left, maybe we want to do our next challenge focused on something that I think everybody understands and has worked with at some point in their life, which is diet and what we eat and uh, how we can use weight as a metric that way. And there are two concepts that Yamvi and I um, were, were discussing before the show today, which are intermittent fasting and calorie restriction, which are probably two things that you want to know and understand if you want to start biohacking your body, because these two concepts are going to come up very often. Yeah. And I think both of us have done both of these things at some point, And many of us have done something to that expect, right? But no, understanding the science behind it and how it functions for your body is not a matter of, of a diet, quote unquote diet, but why it's healthy, what it does to your body and your your organs and your cells and your these measurements that we're talking about, which is cognitive, uh, your physical, your emotional uh, stability and optimization as well. You know, for example, with intermittent fasting, 
once you hit 10 to 12 hours of fasting, your body starts regenerating itself. Your brain starts regenerating itself. Your, your heart, your liver, your tissue, it starts to regenerate itself. So there's a lot of benefits to fasting. Whereas with caloric intake, you know that when you cut down calories and you're eating less than you're then you're burning, then you're going to lose weight, right? And so what's the goal? Is it to lose weight or is it to feel optimal and efficient and healthy? And, you know, the the byproduct being losing weight. For sure. And I think too, like I've done intermittent fasting in the past and I have to say that it made me feel really great. It was tough. And I want to bring this to just this concept that I also think is very important that we become familiar with, which is we're going to do things that are not going to be very comfortable. Discomfort is a new space that we're going to create in our life and it's going to become our best friend as well. We need to embrace discomfort so that we can push ourselves to the next level. Meaning that when we do intermittent fasting, we have to become familiar with the idea of feeling hungry without that being a horrible thing. The first time it feels super uncomfortable because you're not, if you've never done it, you're going to be, it it feels strange. But as you do it more and more days, you start noticing how it makes you feel more energetic. I feel more focused when I do the intermittent fasting. I'm less hungry, actually. I notice that too. When it comes to hunger, remember that to not be fearful of hunger once. And the reason why is because we're apex predators. And if you think about it, as apex predators, we were always hunting for food, right? And at some point, you're going for two to three days where you're not going to find food. And so so your body is built in a way where once it's in a fasting state, it actually, there's a burst of energy because you need to survive. You need to keep going and find that next meal, right? And so that hunger state is part of our genetic to, there's a reason why we function better when our body starts burning fat instead of sugar, right? And that's what benefit of intermittent fasting is when you're in a state of fast and you're optimal, your body switches from burning all the carbs because there's no more carbs left to just burning fat for fuel. And your body burns fat so much more efficiently for for energy than it does glucose. We're going to have to go. So let's do a challenge here. What shall we do to make this challenge about? The 15-day challenge of intermittent fasting. I love it. Yes. I have to say, ever since the COVID started, I haven't done any intermittent fasting and I miss it. So I'm all excited to get started. And I hope everybody who's listening is going to join us too. Everyone, there's different styles of intermittent fasting. So do some research. There's 16 hours of fasting and eight hours of eating. You know, you can do micro fasting where you jump in and just skip like breakfast or a dinner or something like that. Right. And so do some research on the types of fasting that's out there that's safe for you and right for you so that you're not discouraged by it because the health benefits are really there. It's just how do you find the right one for you so that you feel great and feel the benefits? I love it. So I'm going to go for the 16 hour one. Awesome. That's the one I do. (laughs) Okay. So what's your challenge? I'm going to do the fasting as well. I'll do a straight fasting for uh, for 15 days, meaning uh, every day instead of just two days a week. I'll do it every day, 16 hours. Okay, awesome. Well, let's do this. And then I look forward to seeing the results next week. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Art of Becoming Wonder Women, the podcast. 
Thank you for being a part of our community. If you haven't yet, join our private Facebook page and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another Wonder Women conversation. Our podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any question you may have regarding a medical condition. Music